I'm Sam Wilkinson, and I'm a maker figuring it out. If you are in need of a little happy artwork for your home, office, or shop, then be like Jacob and I and many others by stopping by the Creative Ward Gallery on Instagram and Facebook. There you will find many beautiful Bob Ross-inspired artworks by the very talented Marion Ward. All are hand-painted, and no two are exactly the same. So join Jacob and I in our support of this happy little art gallery by picking up your work of art, or work of Marion in this case, for your space or as a gift for family or friends. You won't be disappointed. Mention our podcast, and you'll get free shipping in the United States. That's the Creative Ward Gallery on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Makers Figuring It Out, a show we strive to educate, motivate, inspire makers of all skill levels with special guest makers, tips and tricks, do's and don'ts, and many things in between. I'm Steve Huber from Wolf Woodworking Creations, and joining me, oh, he's not here. Yeah, he's on, Jacob's on hiatus, uh, but he's from Native Sun Wood Art, so go check him out. Um, so there's no stupid banner back and forth today. So we're going to go right into, we have a LinkedIn account. So if uh, you go check that out, it's uh, LinkedIn slash Makers Figuring It Out. And on there, you can find us uh, for Buy Me a Coffee, Anchor, and our concert t-shirt from Teespring. So please help us out the show. Everything that uh, we you know make from the show goes right back in to uh, you know eventually give you guys some more freebies. And everybody likes free crap. I know I do. So, with that being said, I'm just going to get straight into our guest. Our guest tonight hails from the great state of Mississippi. Their shop is a beautiful, manly seafoam blue. They do mostly woodworking, specialize in personalized cutting boards for closing gifts, and they have their own podcast. You can find them on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and on their podcast, We Built the Thing. Friends, Bruce A. Ulrich, a.k.a. Brew Daddy. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Glad you glad you could make it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, this is a very special or auspicious auspicious? Is that the word? Yeah. Auspicious occasion because Bruce, I know you know, but uh, for those of you joining in lately or later, Bruce was our very first guest back when we started this crazy thing. Um, when we were makers figuring it out and Bruce graced us with his presence. Yeah. We're still trying to get, we're still trying to get Mark on here. Though. <laughs> Mark doesn't take calls. No, <laughs> he's also, he's also a busy guy. Yeah. So well, I'll let him go. Um, but yeah, so what's going on with you, man? What's new? What's going on in Mississippi? Oh man, it's already hot. getting crazy hot. Uh, I know, uh, Memorial Day often kind of marks that for us. It, it does not go back to the the cool nights at all um, this coming weekend. And um, today, I mean, it was in the 90s, so we're we're already there. Lots of humidity in the 90s, and and uh, it's brutal. Yeah, I well, I know I've lived in Pensacola, Florida, so it was hotter than the face of the sun there. So you're still in the same latitude. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's. It's balls hot down there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. and I've lived here a long time. I've I've been here thirty three years, and I I just cannot get used to the humidity. And every year I forget just how bad the heat mixed with the humidity is. Yeah, it's like going outside and you just hit a wall. Uh huh. It, you can't breathe. It's just, <laughs> it's just you, you feel like you're trying to breathe in. You are. You're breathing in moisture. Yeah, Which like you're being sucks. waterboarded as you go check the mail. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I stayed in most of the time in Pensacola because it was just hotter than uh, I, I 
you know, you walk out, you go to get the mail, you come back in, you need a bath because it's so hot. Um, That's about right. Yeah. We had a little bit of humidity up here, Pennsylvania humidity, which is nowhere near the south, but it does get quite hot up here. Um, yeah, it was uh, almost 90 the other day. So hmm. keep your freaking weather whip down there, man. Yeah, I'll try to hold on to it. I appreciate that. Uh, it was really nice, though. I think moving up here, I actually have a spring. It wasn't that long, but we had a spring, and I was able to sit yeah. on the back deck and, you know, enjoy the uh, the view and uh, the, the serenity, the peace, and the quiet, and see the deer. And well, we don't have any antelope that from, but... Uh, We've had, we've had a pretty nice spring up up till probably this week. We've had some cool nights. We can actually sit out back and and have a fire. You know, we've got a fire pit out there and uh, yeah, I'm jealous. just enjoy. We've we've got some woods behind us, so we do kind of hear some wildlife and we enjoy that. But starting now, when it gets so hot, the bugs are so thick. You know, they can basically carry you away. So yeah, there's not a, not as much of that sitting out. I forgot about the bugs. Yeah, yeah. the bugs. The state, they're yeah. everywhere. The mosquito, the state bird of Florida. Yeah. Well, speaking we, of the heat, um, my I have a, a mini split in my shop, and last year it it malfunctioned like something was wrong with the the head unit, and um, the it was under warranty, so the parts were covered, but the, just the labor for the, the company local to swap it out was going to be like eleven hundred dollars, and I was like, I can buy a new unit for cheaper than that, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, they put two pounds of Freon in it or whatever the refrigerant is. And within a week and a half, it was all leaked out. That's how bad the leak was. And they can't really go back in and solder it. Uh, no, they would have to replace the whole, I can't remember what it's called, but like the whole, the whole piece that kind of sits in the head unit. Right. The cooling, the cooling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, that's apparently the part that has a leak. And, um, anyway, so, so I'm going to have to address a... that soon because the shop, when it's that humid and hot outside, my shop's insulated on two walls, but the other two are just, uh, semi insulated or not at all. And, um, it's, it's quite warm. Uh, yeah. I remember you talking about that last year. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's when you just got the uh, mini split and you were like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it's nice when it's running. I don't know if this was just a bad unit, I've talked to a bunch of people, it was an LG unit and uh, a lot of people are like, no, th those have a lot of issues. So maybe it was just that. I don't know. I, I couldn't really keep the fine sanding dust out of it. Right. Um, so that may have been part of it. I need to come up with some kind of filtration box or system, maybe like Jay Bates did just built to over say. top of it. Um, but we'll see. I've, I've got a, I think I can order one and put it in myself and then just call somebody to pull a vacuum, you know, Right. Charge me a couple um, hundred bucks, pull vacuum. Bart Komar from the Komar Project, he put his own in. Mm -hmm. uh, he fell off the ladder at the same time. but it, Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but yeah, so you know him, so you've seen it, so never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I gonna... no, no, I mean, it's good. That was, that unit he did is, is a specific kind of DIY unit. I don't think I'm going to buy a DIY unit, but mm -hmm. the hole's already there in my wall because I have one existing. All I have to do is run the line set through that hang the thing on my wall inside, hook up the stuff, you know, and then just call the guys to, to pull a vacuum and it's done. Right. I've already got, you know, it's got the shut off and everything. I mean, I had one installed, so it's, it's not like a big thing. I even have the bracket sitting there on the wall with the, the sound absorbers that it can sit on. Right. Yeah. Before I moved up here, I was thinking about putting one down in the shop in Tennessee and 
I've looked at yours and Bart's video and I was like, hmm. And then I moved up here and there's no insulation literally in the basement. You could actually see underneath the floor joist and the, the rim joist. You could actually see outside. Oh, so, really? Yeah. This was. So it's pointless. Yeah. This house was actually probably supposed to be a summer home. And then they decided, oh, we're going to make this a year round. So then they retrofitted uh, the AC with uh, geothermal. And then I'll tell you what, the geothermal so far in spring and ish summer, it's cold and shit in here. I don't, I don't know what that is. Is that just a different type of geothermal? Of cooling? Yeah. Uh, basically what it is, um, it's kind of, the, it's, you know how you have that compressor outside mm-hmm. and the cooling fans and all that? Well, my unit does it. It gets its coolness and hotness. It heats and cools from the earth itself. So we have mm. supposedly two wells drilled down 200 feet and all the... It's basically a sugar water mix, so it doesn't freeze, which it did last year. Because moron that <laughs> tried to fix it. Oh, we'll just put water back in. No. No. That can't go underground. No. Uh, Not I where mean, you it, live. It can, but the thing about it, it the, the ground froze so hard that it just migrated down, and I think it froze um, the pipes going mm. out to the end. So we had the uh, AC tech in here and spent like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars for them to go. All right, we're gonna turn this up, and we really can't do anything. Uh. Like, and the one thing I real the one thing that I didn't know is that a heat pump has a hard time pulling the cold out of the air. It or, does. Pull, See down pull. here, we we do use heat pumps, right? Because we'll we'll get below thirty pretty often, you know, thirty Fahrenheit, right? Uh, which for me is cold, but we don't get like Pennsylvania, you know, we don't get down to zero degrees. We yeah. this year actually, I think we got to like eighteen or something. Was quite cold, right? Uh, we had a a bad cold snap, and everything was just ice over in February, which was kind of odd. But um, when it's that cold, the heat pump does not function well. So I imagine it's the same as as there with you. Yep. With the so they have a auxiliary heat unit, which is basically a big heating box, and it sucks electricity. Huh. My January bill was four hundred dollars. Oh. Yeah. See, we use gas for heat. We use natural gas. It never it didn't matter. I mean, the heat and the cold come from the geothermal. Uh, then you have the fireplace as the auxiliary heat. And I, I looked at it, went a quarter wood, 400. And by the, you know, the way the, uh, the seasoned wood is, it actually burns really quick because yeah, it's I'm seasoned sure. and dried out. and Really dry. Yeah. And it just kind of, poof. So, you know, we'd spend $400 in wood. So it's like, <laughs> but. Uh, my last bill here was 115. <laughs> like, no, from four, you know, from 400 to 115. So I'm thinking that's probably the, you know, somewhere in between there is the average, like $200, which is a normal house. Mm-hmm. You know, two, 250. I think, you know, I don't have any kids anymore. You have three of them. Mm-hmm. And you have 
and you have a wife and so they're always you, leaving lights on yeah so i mean your bill is probably 250 at least it's actually not no we rarely even in the summer we rarely get over about 180 190 and okay. that's including my shop because my shop's at my house right so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty lucky i guess that just means our energy costs you know our kilowatt um whatever it costs per kilowatt hour is pretty low right and plus your house is probably insulated it's insulated really well it's been built in the last decade so yeah this um, was built in 96 yeah we've learned some efficiencies since then yeah just a couple Uh, i mean because i'm surprised like my attic is crazy hot right but the house can maintain I mean, we keep it, we bump it up a little bit, even when it's a hundred degrees outside, we don't keep it at like 68, we keep it at like 75 and then bump it down at night. But, um, the attic can be crazy hot and the, the one unit can still just manage it. Well, that's good for you. Yeah. Up here, that's so good. But one of these days I'll have my house built and it'll be exactly the way I want it. Yep. You know, that's the goal. And then I'll die. <laughs> just the way to think work out you know what i mean that's how life goes it really is it sometimes sucks um so you have a, your own podcast uh mm-hmm. with uh, yeah you're bruce yeah drew and yeah, mark two other guys uh, drew yeah. and mark from um fisher shop and gunflint designs respectively uh it's called we built a thing and we've been doing that a while so um some people don't think we've been doing it as long because we last fall we started recording weekly uh, which is a typical podcast interval, you know, right. for a lot of shows. But um, for a long time, we didn't. It was like every 10 to 14 days. Uh, but we've been doing it for over two and a half years now. Yeah, I think uh, it was the first Workbench Con that Drew went, that you guys mm-hmm. went, hey, let's do this. Yeah. And then yeah, I remember watching all the stories and everything. And uh, that's how we became like yours and Drew's and Mark's super fan. Yeah. I watch everything you guys put out. Well, thanks. And yeah, no, well, you know, that's what friends are for, right? Yeah. You know, you got to have that core audience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are the ones that you know, will watch you no matter if it sucks or it doesn't. Yeah. Actually, I did get uh, one of your videos came up as a recommended video. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and right below that was Drew's. The uh, his side, just skip them. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one that has two point <laughs> six million. Yeah, it was his, the bad uh, one. Yeah, bad. Yeah, that thing's just gone nuts. Yeah, I was like, okay, so on the average, I was trying to think out how much money that would be in YouTube dollars. Oh, I have no idea. And some I was, of it depends on how long it takes for it to reach those views, you know. Right, and I was like, well, if it's a, if it's a dollar for every thousand, that's not bad. Yeah. It's like $2,000 or something like that for a video. I have no idea. It can vary sometimes pretty greatly. I don't know. I got like 70 people that follow me on, you know, YouTube and I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make that high YouTube money anytime soon. I don't either. YouTube's a crazy thing. I've been uploading to my channel since, um, I think it was January of 2017. So it's now four years already, more than four years. Got over a hundred videos there. And I don't, you know, I don't knock the socks off of anything, but it's cranking along. It's, it's still growing. Well, yeah. I remember, uh, when you hit 10,000, we were all just like, thank God he finally hit 10 grand. Yeah. You know, that was a 
big relief for you, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, it's kind of personal, but what, why do you think that your channel isn't doing as well as uh, Bruce and Mark's? If I knew that, I would need to go buy a lottery ticket. I, I Trust me, I have gone down that road every angle that I can think of. I've asked both of them. I've asked other people, you know, what do you think? And but I don't know. They don't know. So I'm just going to keep uh, trying to be more consistent and see if that does anything as far as putting out videos and uh, just keep going. Um, I saw something the other day that the average time span for a channel to reach a hundred thousand views is five years oh, so really? i'm not even at five years yet no. a lot of people don't think that they think oh well this channel just because they started noticing that channel recently right that channel's been around five six seven years right it's kind of like uh, april wilson's channel yeah you she know, was posting her. in like 2014 or 15 i think so yeah, she's been doing it for like 10 years or something yeah. like that yeah so, so but it, I'm, I'm trying to hold out with that and maybe say, well, you know, I guess it could be worse. I could have negative growth or whatever. I'm still growing. It's just slower than obviously I want. I would love it to be more, more meteor meteoric, but uh, it hasn't been so far. Right. And well, it's kind of, you know, same with our podcast. It's, it's growing, but I'd like to see it grow further and faster, right. but Hey, slow and steady wins the race. You know, you guys have been doing yours for three years and, I don't even know how many people you have listening, but definitely over a hundred. <laughs> yeah, know. it's seeming seeming to grow. Uh, it continues to grow, so we keep doing it. We enjoy doing it. Um, it's a fun conversation, and we've got a, a bunch of people, you know, that follow it that kind of engage in that conversation. So we like that. Yeah, because we had uh, Alan. Sorry, Ace. Hold on. Casey nailed yeah. it. Yeah, we had Alan on last uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh oh he's a great guy. Yeah, Alan's a good dude. Yeah. He was like like, do you want me to call you Alan or AC? And he's like, I call me Alan. I always call him AC. <laughs> he's like, Bruce is the only one that calls me AC. Oh. And I went, So he's special? <laughs> he's like, Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if he's ever corrected me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and and now he won't uh oh. Did I just uh open up yeah. the door? Yeah, might have. Uh oh. Sorry, AC. I mean, Alan, whoever. Yeah, you don't get to say that. You watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I can't say that. Oh. So, yeah. You know, I, w I was kind of scared to ask that question because I know listening to your web, uh, your podcast, um, it was a sore subject a couple of years ago. Not that it was sore, but you're just like, you got down. I mean, yeah. I, I remember hearing, you know, you got, you were like, you're kind of like, what? I'm doing everything. But then you then you look at Drew and he's like, does everything against the grain? He does. And it's and like, when when we started recording three years ago, I mean I say only because it was still double what I have now, but he had like thirty thousand subs. Right. And he's approaching I think three hundred thousand right now. Right. So pretty big difference. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and um, yeah, and it comes in waves for me, uh, you know, because I feel like I'm trying to follow all the best practices of where to post and how to optimize stuff and titling things correctly. And, and I even send my thumbnails to certain people and like, hey, does this look like a thumbnail you click on and this, you know, like people who make really good thumbnails and they're like, yeah, that's a good thumbnail. So 
Yeah, I've never um, seen a bad thumbnail. That's why it baffles me. Well, it just means that uh, you know the YouTube has not uh, caught up with the Bruce A. Ulrich fan club. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe they, maybe they will. Yeah. Well, I mean, from I was watching somebody, and I, I went back, and I always do this um, when I'm on the computer. I reverse uh, sort so I see their earliest video first. Oh Just, yeah. You know, and I go. So I've seen your earliest. I've seen Drew's, and I've seen Mark. Pretty much, I've seen everything you guys have done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was looking at somebody else's. And their first, like, 10 videos were, you know, 3,000, 2,000, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then, like, their 10th or 12th video, it just skyrocketed. It was, like, 100K. Mm -hmm. I'm like, A lot of times, they'll just have one that takes off. And then they have never been down below 100K after that. And I was like, so maybe that's it. But if we could figure out the uh, the algorithm, we'd all be uh, you know rich. Yeah, there are plenty of people that constantly you know they have whole channels dedicated to to figuring that out, and they still don't have it figured out. So nope. I don't even think uh, I don't even think Apple and the rest of them have it figured out, or YouTube even has it figured out. You know, well, they like, do because they control it, but they want to keep everybody guessing. Yeah, well, they they don't they don't want us to know. Yeah. Nope. Hey, we're not. Okay, put your crap on our channel, and we may let you have some stuff. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as we figure it out, then the mystery is gone. Right. And, hey, that's our show. Yep. Uh, so, um, hmm, 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 hmm. I always like asking the hard questions. Well, sometimes. Depending on who I have. Uh, oh, here's... Uh, you know, and I wrote this question is specifically for you. I don't know okay. why. So if you look, uh, so when you post a video, if you get, you know, it doesn't matter how many views, but if you get like 2,000 likes and, you know, 10, 15 dislikes, what does that tell you about the audience? I don't even... I don't even really pay attention to the dislikes unless it happens to get larger than typical. Okay. So it doesn't matter what video, how good, what different style, all the feels are not, every video has dislikes. Right. So some of them, I can't quite comprehend how fast, like Drew and Mark and I have commented how you can post a video and like within five minutes, meaning they couldn't have even watched the whole video. Uh, there's a, or a thumbs down on it. We don't get it because I, I don't really thumbs down stuff. Like I'll just stop watching it. You know, that's, that's pretty just much. how I am. I just close, close it, you know? Well, that's how, that's how the person knows that they suck. Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> they know? just, I don't know. They, they've got something to prove. I, I don't really know what that is, and but I'm, I'm also the type that's really hesitant to leave um negative reviews like I, i'm the type if i buy something on amazon a lot of times well I, i'm not big on me personally leaving reviews anyway but i'm going to use something for a while and then if i if it does really still suck i'm going to go leave a negative review but i'm real hesitant to do that even like i'll just not buy from them again i'll right. chalk it up to hey this wasn't my turn you know to get 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 a decent uh, product yeah to get a decent product i'll try again next time and i'll just 
make a mental note. Hey, don't order from this seller or from whatever. Right. But I just, I don't go out there and do the one star. Like this is the worst product ever. <laughs> I, I, it's just not me. Well, I, I don't, that's the one thing I don't understand. If you're going to give constructive criticism to me, be my guest, put it on there. It's like it, but don't say you suck. Yeah. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't help. It basically just means you're a child. Right. You know, because there's, I think there's always somebody going to be out there going, oh, five stars? Tink, not anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, even from the days when you were in school, you remember there was, you could do a perfect paper. And I had teachers in college that had professors that they would not give a hundred. I've had, they they thought no one was worthy of a hundred. I did get a couple 99s though. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. I slept with the teacher, so I'm just yeah, kidding. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, that wouldn't happen. Be kind of cool though. <laughs> but anyway, I'm picturing just... your teachers now. For some reason, I keep looking at the male teachers, and I can't. We only had like one, two female. Uh, we had one for analytical chemistry, and she was. I'm sorry to talk about women like you know they're they're objects, but she was a very beautiful woman, but her personality made her ugly hmm. and it's like I don't like hated her. It's like, hmm. how could somebody see so beautiful and be so bitchy so so broken, yeah uh, and it's you know but and it it also seemed like it was her you know it, it had to be her pet. And she didn't like people who it wasn't, they were in analytical analytical chemistry because they had to as part of their major, but they weren't going to be a chemistry major. So she kind of poo-pooed the ones that, you know, weren't chemistry majors. Right. So what can you, what can you do? But, um, so, um, how's the business going? I mean, uh, I see you make a lot of cutting boards and, you know, you, you upgraded your uh, Glowforge. So uh, how's that going? Yeah, I mean, I didn't upgrade to a, a new Glowforge. I just kind of swapped out the fan. Um, luckily, that was not nearly as expensive. <laughs> it was only about $80. But that was a that was a huge improvement. But yeah, business is going well. I, I'm hustling like crazy. I mean, half the time, I don't know what day it is because I work every day. Right. So... I think that's a pretty typical small business thing is, you know, you're working a lot. And so sometimes I'm out there working in the shop. It may be a Saturday or a Sunday and I just lose track of what day it is. Right. But, um, yeah, it's going good. I I have a, a lot of kind of smaller streams of income and they're spread all over the place. And sometimes keeping all of those balls juggling in the air is a bit much right. Changing hats. Um, yeah, I'm continuing to try to make it work. I'm kind of, I'm hard on myself, so I'm always like, okay, you can do this better, you know, the next day yeah, when we're something all... didn't quite go go right. And I'm always trying to look for new ways of things to market and sell and sell on Etsy or do something local. I do, I do a lot of local sales. Right. Well, you got a lot of uh, realtor friends probably, and then you got some repeat customers. Yeah, I have um, taken listing photographs for realtors since... I think about 2011. So goodness, it's 10 years now. And, and at one point I had old. Yeah. 
at one point I had something like 27 or eight different realtors that I regularly shot for. I mean, there were, there were many years and this was just working. I, I worked full-time at a bank and still did that on the side. So a lot of it was usually kind of in the spring and summer months because the days are so short. There wasn't much time after work to go photograph a house. It would be dark by five, you know? Right. But Live up um, here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were some of them I was, I was going and doing over a hundred photo shoots a year on the side. Nice. So that's part of where I have some of that clientele. Um, not all of them buy gifts from me, but uh, I've tapped into some of that and have gotten some of them to be, you know, I'm their go-to person when they have a closing coming up or they have five closing coming up, coming up. That's my preference is if they're, they're a busy one and they have a bunch and they come to me and they're like, Hey, I need these, these gifts to have this name on them you know, by this closing date, I'm like, all right, coming right up. Yep. Have you ever had one of those? Hey, can you make this tomorrow? I have, I've on some of them, I've had to kind of say, Hey, there's going to be a rush fee on that. Cause I have to, like you mentioned earlier, I have three, three young kids. So I have to stop family time or whatever, or, you know, when everybody else goes to bed, I go back out to the shop at nine 30 at night and I'm working on a cutting board you know, there, there has to be a charge for that. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, if they want to rush or, Hey, we need about tomorrow. Like, Hey, sorry, I gotta, you, you gotta give me some more. Uh, yeah. Just... And I mean, if it's even feasible, I mean, sometimes a rush like that's not even feasible. Like if I don't have any blanks already made for this particular product, there's no way I could glue it up and have it, you know, sanded and laser engraved and finished by the next day. There's just no way. There's, you know, dry time for glue. There's dry time 24 for 24 hours. At least. Right. So, so uh, do you make a lot of blanks at first? Or I know you, no. I know in your shop, you have, you have everything milled. It's on mm -hmm. a shelf. So you get an order, just, you build. Yeah. I've just kind of started that in the last about year. I've got a a product that is probably my most popular. Well, not probably by far. It's my most popular size and style of cutting board. And it was constantly in demand. I did not want to keep inventory because inventory is expensive. I don't have a lot of room, right. You know, and I don't want to end up with inventory. You know, I've done craft fairs and stuff that I didn't like because I end up with a lot of inventory that then I can't sell. Um, if it doesn't sell at the craft show. Yeah. And it's just sitting at home. That's why, just uh, sitting there. that's why, uh, uh, Justin over at Bear Naked, he's mm -hmm. like, "Why do you make pens?" He said, "Low overhead cost." Yeah, like they put, fit in the drawer. They fit in the drawer. <laughs> yeah. So, but when I started having such demand, meaning I'm probably making and selling the ballpark of eight to fifteen large cutting boards monthly now. Nice. And um, you want to adopt you know, me? Yeah. <laughs> Some people have, they're like, oh man, I wish I could do that. I'm like, I've been selling that particular style of cutting board for almost four years. So this didn't come overnight, you know, like I've been, I've been working this, but anyway, so I, I do make them in batches. Like you were talking about, I mill up a bunch of kind of lumber blanks and then I'll go through periods where I just glue a bunch of them together. So I may have 15 of them sitting out there kind of sanded up to 120 and ready and then when i get the order um part of what i do is laser engrave them and personalize them with the client's name on them right so i get the order i'll laser engrave them and take them through the rest of the process until they're ready i also sell an upgraded one that's made out of walnut it has some brass inlay and different stuff 
And um, it's kind of for higher end homes or whatever. I have a few clients that buy those. I don't make any of those ahead of time because the materials are expensive, you know, brass and walnut. And um, I mean, they're made to order. It's a, it's a custom cutting board. They're not going to William Sonoma and buying something. Right. Yeah. Cause um, well, so what are your, your normal cutting boards made of? Your, your kind of your best sellers, Oak, not, sorry, not Oak. Well, it um, was for years. I bought a, a huge lot of uh how much was it it was like 850 board feet of white oak a lot of people say don't use red oak for cutting boards but white oak is supposedly okay so i bought a bunch of this stuff really cheap from a guy i got a good deal it was like a dollar a foot right and so i mean i couldn't pass it up i asked my dad he had he has a barn near here and i was like hey can i put some wood in your barn just for storage. And he was like, yeah. So I put 800 board feet and I don't know if you've ever seen a stack that big, but it's, it's a big stack of wood. Yeah. It took me about a year to work through that. Um, but for the last two or three years, I've used a majority of maple. So I'll, I'll just have mostly soft maple, but I, I kind of mix it in a way and mine are all edge grain boards. So you can kind of mix it in a way that it looks like you know, a bunch of different species because there's different strips in there, but it's really all maple. You know, maple can have a, a real variance in color. Kind of like poplar. Yeah. I don't know and then I to... usually have an accent wood or two, like walnut or maybe a, a sapili or something like that. Or I may have a piece of hard maple that's usually a little, little different color, a little more pink. Um, and I've even mixed in other things like canary wood or, you know, just other things that I've had little exotic species just to you know yeah i don't i don't go crazy with the yellow heart and the purple heart and some of those like those get really really high they're 15 20 a board foot yeah that's it yeah i got some purple heart from who was that wood place that anyway there's one nope can't remember what it's uh but it's the very popular one that you could buy wood from, and they have different species. They'll ship it anywhere. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, that I was, think I know what you're talking about, but I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, so am I. I can't remember. It's wood something. But, yeah, they, I got a, some Purple Heart. It was like $40 for just a board. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, actually, I wonder if Purple Heart's cheaper now than 2 by 4s Yeah, I mean... Man, it's expensive. I, I don't think hardwood, at least in my area, has not gone up at the same rate that two by fours have. I don't think so, because I've been looking around here just to, you know, try to find somebody that sells not exotic, but you know, maple, walnut, some poplar, mm. you know, things like that. You know, the local trees, local sawyers, and they're about three dollars a board foot for you know walnut and maple and things like that. Maybe for kiln dried. Some of it is, some of it isn't. Okay, maybe green it would be that cheap. And that seems really cheap for those hardwoods. Because well, walnut around here, if you if you get a good deal on it, it's probably like 8 bucks, upwards of 10 or 11 Wow. Because I used to pay $3 a board foot in Tennessee. Wow, for, cheap. Yeah. But the guy only had so many. Right. He, would, he would go to these places, and they weren't the... The, the premium they're not like grade a yeah yeah they're not the premium walnut so if you get a board that's eight inches wide you may get five inches out of it yeah because it's got a big twist in it got a twist or it's got a lot of sapwood if you yeah. don't want the sapwood i personally I don't like mind sapwood. 
I think it gives it character. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind the knots because usually right around a knot, you get all that compression grain. It's really pretty in walnut. Yeah, it's so it, there's uh, one tree up here that is a burl, and I'm like, I need you to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't want to kill it. But Yeah, my <laughs> parents have this giant oak tree. I bet it's 50-plus inches in diameter. It's really old, and it has the biggest burrow on the side of it i'm like if that tree ever comes down i have i've got to harvest that thing i, I don't blame you turn it turn it on a on a lathe or something that'd be an awesome bowl every oh man you and your lathe Heck. i'm about to have to fire it up now probably next week i'll fire it up but i haven't used it in a few months so i'm a little rusty on it yeah i've been looking at it just because uh, uh I, 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 the, the pen blanks that uh justin has and what's his name i'm trying to blank uh west side custom wood damn it he was a guest on the show i can't remember who it was for <laughs> oh, crying out loud and i know um ken over at moon pie creations he makes a lot of pin blanks yeah they're i mean you know it, it seems like it would be kind of fun i've never turned a pin really Mm -mm. I uh I don't even have a pin kit. I need to do that with my son. He's start my my almost eleven year old's taking a lot more you know interest. interest in some woodworking stuff. And we've done projects here and there together, but um that may be a good one to do. I really got got the lathe because I like bowls. I like bowl turning and stuff. And right. I picked up some of those easy wood tools carbide turners. And I have the nice ones, like they're expensive tools, but I don't love the finish that I was getting off of those. And come to find out, carbide lasts a lot longer and it's easy to learn. You don't, you know, the learning curve is really small, but you can never get them as sharp as high speed steel. Right. And but, so, but if you get high speed steel, you're you always have, have to sharpen. You always, and it's, you know, you turn a bolt, you got to sharpen, or every five minutes or something like that. Yeah. Plus, it's also easier if you have the, guided um sharpening you know what i'm talking about yeah i actually bought one that wolverine system mm -hmm. with a the um, whetstone that's it that's what it's well called, i have a i have that low speed grinder that rikon makes that right. a lot of bolt turners use and i've never even taken the grinder nor the uh well the grinder's out of the box now but <laughs> I've never even used the the Wolverine jig or the high speed steel stuff I bought because like two years ago, I was getting real into turning. I was doing bowls and stuff, and I got so frustrated with it. I kind of just put it aside after I ordered that stuff, and I've not looped back to it. So at some point, I mean, I either need to or I've got to sell the stuff. Yeah, you're kind of like it, 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 I'm the same way. Um, I get into a a groove on something, and then you go all out and you're like buying everything and then all of a sudden your focus goes someplace else well and, and i realized i didn't like it quite as much like i i like i like turning and adding that stuff to other projects like i made a tv console and i turned these mid-century modern legs for it right on the lathe and i've you know i've turned things like knobs and different stuff for other projects i like being able to do that and add to them I don't want to only be a turner. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just don't want to be one of these that all I make is bowls and spindles and pins. It's just right. not me. And uh, true. Yeah, I don't blame you. Because uh, you've 
if you keep making the same thing over and over again, it's going to be really good because you're, you know, very proficient at it, but you're not learning anything new. Yeah. And I mean, that's, people say that about those cutting boards. They're like, oh, you must really like cutting boards. I'm like, no, I don't, no, I don't really. love making those cutting boards. I am pretty proficient at it now. You know, I can batch them out quite fast because I've learned a lot. But um, I do, I, you know, I make them look good and I make money on them and I'm efficient enough at it that I can kind of do it in the background while I'm doing other stuff. Right. Because, I mean, That's you're waiting point. for it to glue up and. Right. Yeah. So what would you think that your uh, biggest failure was in your business and what did you learn about it? Biggest failure in the business? Mm-hmm. Or in hmm. the shop. It doesn't really matter. You know, I, I could say know. I could say yeah. I have three ex wives, so you know that's my biggest failure. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's kind of a hard one. Um, There's so many. <laughs> yeah, there are so many. I, I tend to kind of pivot when I when I do run into something. So they are failures, but I don't think it it ends up being a catastrophic one. Right. Um, which is good and bad. You know, it's it's bad because it's frustrating when you constantly come up on things and you have to pivot, pivot, pivot. I right. think that's called owning a business, but um, yeah. it's still frustrating. I I had hoped, you know, you were talking to go back to the YouTube thing. I had hoped that YouTube would be a larger slice of my income at this point, and it's just simply not. Uh, it is a part of it. It is a small part of it. The audience is part of it that's wrapped into other content that I make on, you know, the podcast or Instagram. That's all part of it. But I had hoped that, you know, I could be one of the select few that really pulls a significant amount of income from that and or sponsorships or whatever. Right. And I am still doing some of that and growing that. But because of that, because of that, I don't know if I want to call it a failure, but because of that not being as significant a source of income as I wanted and and kind of planned on, I'm I'm really having to lean heavier into kind of the production and and business side of it selling things locally selling online through my website or through etsy um i don't think i would be trying on etsy really if i was doing better right i I could see that um yeah youtube is a fickle creature Mm -hmm. you just never know you know i think i think a lot of your stuff is great i really do your 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 videos are they're clean they're polished uh, you know, you have flat Bruce in some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember seeing that the first time. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. He's using that for. Yeah, uh, my focus, focus assistant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, you really like yourself that much. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm bored. I'm I, saw, I saw a couple of other people doing that and they were just like hand drawing it on cardboard. And I was like, this was two years ago. I was like, I have a laser engraver. So I put it in there and laser engraved me right. on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're that conceited. I I need to figure myself in my own shop. Yep. You gotta you gotta love that. <laughs> so what made you want to be a maker? Um you know, were you just tired with the, the slugging of the, you know, nine to five? That was some of it. Um I, I don't know think you were, it was an overnight thing, but yeah, you were think... a real estate agent at one time. Yeah, I still am. I'm I'm still active in that. Uh, I don't do as much of it anymore, but um, just got an acceptance on a contract today, so it's ironic that I'm saying that. But hey, congratulations! <laughs> Thanks. The uh, 
so yeah, again, I, I do a lot of things, but the, the maker thing, it started years ago. I've always, I've always been around tools and my dad was very handy, not in a specific woodworking way, but he, he could do anything from like, if he had a diagram or I, I don't know, do you remember there used to be these readers digest, like how to books, like hardback books. I am not that old. Well, mm-hmm. I I just know because he had them, but they there yeah. were all kinds. I remember of like, those. Like a lot of people had them had them in their house because it was stuff how to fix up around the house, and they had some simple woodworking projects in them. But some of them were like how to rebuild an engine, how to do this and that. I mean, he rebuilt the carburetor on our old Craftsman riding lawnmower twenty five years ago. I remember that, and it's just like if he is the one that takes it apart and sees you know kind of how it works, he can put it back together. So he's just amazing like that. Without I didn't spare inherit parts. that. Do what? Without spare parts. Right. Yeah. I didn't inherit that. I'm not nearly as mechanically inclined. Uh, I have learned some more just owning the tools that I do, uh, woodworking machines. I've had to kind of learn, oh, okay, you have to also know how machines work. Um, but yeah, so I was always around that kind of stuff. When I was 17 and 18, uh, he has a house built in 1951. So it had a two-car carport. But back when that was built, um, the two by fours were actually two by four, two right. inches by four inches. And they wanted to enclose that carport into a finished room. So they have a, a house that has a crawl space under it. So it has floor joists. Oh. And I got to over those, it took us almost two years, but, uh, that was just weekends and nights I was working with him and, um, you know, did everything from pouring some concrete and doing a little bit of brickwork and laying floor joists and doing framing and doing sheetrock and, and laying finished floor and doing tile. We finished that into a totally finished giant room with, you know, full bathroom, two vanity sink and a walk-in closet. Nice. And that was a fantastic experience, but it still kind of laid dormant for me. I would do a project here or there and I was always helping him with stuff, you know, through college or whatever. Right. And then a few years ago, probably five, maybe a little longer ago, because I made a sliding barn door for this house before we built it. And I think we've been in here almost seven years. So around that time, I just kind of got that bug. And you, you know, when you start making things, there's something really satisfying about making a physical thing that you're proud of. And when you're done with it, you're just kind of like, I want to do that some more. And yeah. unfortunately for us you tend to kind of look past if it's costly or whatever and you know you just want to make stuff and well, that's what, you I mean, that's what just... you get for having all those expensive tools you know if i had a shop with all those kind of tools, yeah if i had make... twenty thousand dollars worth of tools i'd be you know awesome right and, and that's this is what everybody says but and you know it didn't start out like that for me i i saved up and i bought a five hundred dollar table saw it's still the one i'm using right now um and you know i was cutting with a circular saw and i had a couple drills and then i bought a chop saw and then you know it just snowballs from there and and i wouldn't just buy stuff to buy a lot of people would go like hey what should i go buy and i'm like what are you building i don't i don't know like make it dependent upon what project you want to make and it justifies it you know if you need a bandsaw for this project save up buy the bandsaw and complete the project and then you have the bandsaw right and then if you need uh you know a cordless nail gun for the next thing, you know, don't just go buy everything because there are a lot of tools that you may end up not using. Nope. 
I, I'm a victim of that. I bought a couple and I'm like, why did I buy that? Yeah. And you look back at it and you're just like, this seemed like something I need and I've touched it twice. Yeah. But yeah. So that all of that to say, I really enjoy making things. I like sitting back, whether it's a bowl that I turned on the lathe or whether it's a piece of furniture or a cutting board that someone buys and puts in their home and they get enjoyment out of it. I just enjoy that. I, I take pride in making those things and um, I don't know, just seeing them. Cool. Yeah, I, I'd like to see the balance that you and the other guys have with, you know, their home life, their shop life, you know, their selling life. Um, it, it, you guys have a kind of a nice balance. Um, and I really liked it because there are so many people out there, you know, missing fathers, missing mothers. And, you know, when you see, you know, somebody like yourself, taking your kids by the hand and showing them, hey, this is something you might want to do, you know, and you expose mm -hmm. them to a bunch of different stuff that, you know, one day you hope, like, they just go, oh, I like that, and they continue. They don't have to be woodworkers. They could be, you know, lathers. Lathing, <laughs> lathing. Speaking of <laughs> lathe, yeah. Um, if you go to our Teespring account, there is a, we have some shirts there. You can get lathe, and you can also uh, get our concert shirt. So that has all the guests that we had from last year. So, yeah, just go hit that up. Um, but, yeah, so what was one thing that you would like to know, you, you wish you knew when you started this uh, whole entrepreneur thing? Hmm. No, I asked the hard questions. Yeah. Actually, I thought you said the hard ones were at the front. Yeah. <laughs> I just picked them. You know, actually, yeah. I, think, I think this was actually one of Jacob's questions, so you can yell at him. There's um there's a saying I've picked up in business. Um like when you're starting something new, it's gonna it's gonna cost twice what you think it is, it's gonna take twice as long as you think it is to bring it to market. And the third thing is you're not the exception. So you see people doing things in business that really go against what are generally accepted business practices. And um, they think, oh, I'm the exception. You know, it's, it's going to work for me this time because this idea is that much better. And it's just not. You know, you're not the exception to the business rules. And so I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's one thing that I wish I knew. Uh, I guess I wish I knew those three things. As an entrepreneur, you think every idea you have is a good one. And it's just not. Uh, they just won't all play out. They're not all marketable. And you just have to know that you have to keep putting those ideas out and some of them will stick and take off and some of them won't. And you just have to keep going. Right. Don't concentrate on the things that aren't working. Concentrate on the things that do. Yeah. And I think that would probably be the one thing if I had to say that as the creator, you want all of them to work. Right. And so if I could have just told myself, be a little more flexible to move past that. And, you know, is this something the marketplace really wants or is it something you want? True. And there is a difference. There's a big, yeah, there's a big difference. 
I mean, if you can come up, uh, lots of ideas are great and you come up with lots of things. I mean, I've come up with ideas that people want and I don't make them because they're not financially viable. They're, they're just not marketable at a rate that is profitable. So done. Right. You're like, uh, I'd have to charge you $6,000 for that, but I could get this at a Walmart for 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of those, like with furniture, I will, I will price it, you know, kind of where I think it needs to be. And if they say that kind of thing, I'm like, well, go buy it. You know, that's fine. Um, You're one example for me, yeah, one example for me is years ago, I made these uh, double decker salt cellars. They were kind of reminiscent on a design that Mark from the Wood Whisperer put out. A little bit different, but um, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you kind of twist it open, you can pinch the salt and put it on your food. Right. Um, so I made these, they were kind of an egg shape, but kind of elegant, you know, and had, had a lid, two swivel lids. Anyway, uh, there was a local store here that, you know, (laughs) wanted them and I didn't have near the tools I have now. So maybe now I can make them more efficiently. I don't know with the CNC or something, but a local store wanted them. And so I made like 10 or 12 of them and sold them to them. I don't know. It was, it was wholesale, but I still sold them way cheap, even for wholesale. And they asked me a few months later if I would, you know, hey, I need you to make some more of those. And I'm like, I'm not making any more of those. And they were like, what, why, what's going on? I'm like, for these to make sense for the time I put into them, I would have to charge you like $120, which means you would hike it up to 240 and nobody's going to buy a salt seller for $240. Yeah. Just the amount of time that I put into them, I can never make any more. And you don't short sell yourself. Right. Cause, no, because that carries over into other products. Yeah, because uh, who was I talking to? They ex- oh, it was uh, Jenny and Davis, uh, their latest video. She said something about she made a mistake mm. on pricing. And so they oh, got... Oh, yeah, and like, then the lady ordered like 30 boards 30 boards, And she's like, well, I got to make them. And now I have to give them but all the same price right. and you just can't go oh, i made a mistake i'm sorry i'm raising them by 20 dollars. right you'd lose them yeah you'd be like oh see you so you know that's definitely one thing that you got to keep in mind that you got to keep your pricing you know correct mm-hmm. uh, that was that was a big help watching them um you did get a new cc i saw yeah picked that up um i think it arrived late december and uh, I've got the Onefinity and the Woodworker edition, okay. and I've been pretty happy with it so far. So, uh, what happened to the X Carve? Did you? Have I never ended up assembling it. Really? Nope. It so, sat here in my floor for a while, and the more I thought about it and and looked at it, I did not want to spend the. If you look online, a lot of people say the average time they spent putting that together is like fourteen hours. Right. And I just was like, I don't want to learn how to put this machine together. It's just not not a skill set I want to take on right this moment. Yeah, and I think, uh, well, they, hopefully they change their marketing because, you know, if you're going to have to put all these little screws and everything together, people are just going to go, you know what? I'm going to go Sheboku. They still market it that way. The Onefinity that I bought, uh, it was out of the box, and I filmed it. I made a video about it, so that took a little bit longer. But if I would have just taken it out of the box and set it up, I could have had it unboxed and set up in half an hour. Right. Three parts, clip the plugs in, do a couple tests with the software, and you're running. 
that's i mean <laughs> that's pretty easy you see what i have playing yeah <laughs> yeah that's it i mean pretty simple with a couple wrenches and and setting that thing up yeah it's uh but yeah because i've seen that i was like man did did something go wrong with the because i thought you put it together no, there was really nothing wrong with it. I mean, it was still in parts, and um, I sold it to a guy. He's been making stuff with it, so no. Kind of, you've no. been following Vincent's uh, lead. He yeah. did the same thing. He bought it, and he left it sit on the floor for you know a year or two, and then he sold it. Right. And then he got a Shebuku. Uh-huh. See, that's why I didn't get one uh, when I was in Tennessee. I wanted to, but I'm like, I don't need it. I don't need it now. Yeah. You know, it's, there's no place to put in a shop. So you got to be smart about your shop. You know, what, yeah. like you said earlier, you know, I mean, it's a big I, footprint. Yeah. I mean, unless you're, unless you're Mark and you could pull it up off the ground. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool how he did that. Yeah. But I've been putting mine to work. Um, I mean, I don't buy things really on debt. So it, mine was already paid for, meaning, I'm not like selling stuff just to pay for it. But if I were, I've already paid for probably over a third of that machine just in stuff I've made for customers with it. Right. So that, I mean, that's, I think that's a goal for a lot of people is just, it, it's kind of like I said on the last episode of this podcast, we were, we just want to, we kind of want to, we, we want more to give back to the, you know, the listeners, but you know, our only goal it really is to break even. Yeah. You know, with sponsors or, you know, t-shirt orders or things like that. You just, at first, you should be happy to break even. If you're not trying to make it a major business. Right. You know, so, you know, our sponsors, thank them all. Uh, they are actually paying for us to bring this to you. So it's... Uh, it's kind of nice when you have some sponsors, mm -hmm. but for sure, yeah. So unfortunately, we don't have any, you know, um, manufacturing sponsors. Well, like you know, rigid, Dewalt, you know, things like that. So, yeah, yeah. But it takes time. You know, it just takes time. And uh, but I want to remind our listeners that we do have a challenge coming up. It actually, <laughs> well, by the time you hear this. You'll already be a week behind. So it actually it started last Friday. Um, but it's a uh, raise the bar challenge. So if you guys want to uh, you know, get into that, no you know, tree fee or anything like that, hopefully have some really good prizes at the end. Um, so pretty much the rules are it has to be made of two different or more types of materials. Um, it has to be a... Something for the bar or a, or alcohol display, or if you're non-alcoholic, a non-alcoholic display, but it could be standing, hanging, or what's the other one? Sitting, standing, or hanging. I think that's what it is. Um, so if you get something like that, um, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Um, I know Jacob's going to put things on the... I was about to say we built a thing page. Yeah. <laughs> He's putting it on your page. Uh be on the makers figure out uh Instagram account. So yeah, we wanted to do uh you know, let you guys know about that. 
And since we're at this time, I'm gonna take a break. We're gonna go pay some bills and you know let Bruce go get some more. Uh, what what you got there? A little whiskey? Yeah, got a little no, nah, a little red wine. A red wine? All right. Well, a little burgundy. We got to get Bruce all drunk and you know crazy. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> all right, guys. So we'll be back in a little bit. Has your cutting board seen better days? What about those pesky sweat rings on your fine furniture? Do you like to read but find it difficult to hold the book open without your hands getting cramped? Well, friends, we have the place for you. Search Handmade by Vincent Ferrari on your favorite web browser, where his motto is custom for everyone. Whether it's custom woodwork, laser engraving, or jewelry, what you want is only a request away. So visit friend and supporter of the show, Vincent Ferrari, on Instagram and the World Wide Web. Mention code MFIO, and Vincent will give you 10% off. And we're back with Bruce A. Ulrich, a.k.a. Brew Daddy. How you doing, bud? Did you have a good, good. tea? <laughs> Get some more wine? Yep, got a little wine. Topped it off. Kissed the kids goodnight. Oh, that was sweet. How old are your kids now? Uh, my oldest is almost 11. I've got a 9-year-old and a 5-year-old. Nice. Oh, that's where all the gray came from. Yes, it's the gray is appearing more rapidly every day. Yep. Wait till you have a 27 year old. Mm. Yeah. As they get older, you get, you worry less, but you worry more. Mm, I bet. Yes. You have less control. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. You, you, you just want to take it by the neck and say, this is what you need to do. And if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna be hurting and but they gotta live they gotta learn their own lessons yeah you know just like just like we had um so i want to shake uh, i want to shake i want to shake your hand bruce hey nice to meet you <laughs> <laughs> uh, i want to shout out our sponsors uh we have tony langer from langer works david over at first dude woodworks vincent m ferrari and Marion Ward from the Creative Ward Gallery. Oh, and VincentMFerrari.com. So, and don't forget, we have, uh, what do we have? We have a t-shirt. You can buy us a coffee. Please buy us a t-shirt, because I just want to see one soul. We can't, can't give them away, though. Um, although it was kind of funny. They're like, Hey, here's a 10% off coupon. You know how you give the promo code? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. It expires before this podcast is released. Uh. So I'm like, <laughs> well, can't use that now. But, <laughs> but eh, they're kind of cool. I think, you know, at least check them out. Go to, Inst or go to our, uh, what the hell is that thing? I was going to Instagram page. Actually, you can go to our Instagram page uh, and check out our LinkedIn there. So, and now we're back with Bruce A. Ulrich. So, man, what gets you in shop? Well, I mean, besides, you know, <laughs> customers. Uh, do you ever do anything just not filming, not recording, just go out there and build? Uh, very rarely anymore. Um, if there's, 
if there are some things I need around the house, if it's, if I just don't think it'll be an interesting video or something, yeah, I, I just handle it. Okay. Um, I'm actually building a big walnut countertop Island for somebody right now and I'm not filming it, but we're, we're planning on redoing our laundry room coming up, uh, maybe later in the summer, later this year. And I'm going to do an example on like a butcher block countertop and some different things is why I'm not filming this one. This is just for a local customer. I'm just kind of getting it done. Okay. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, but most of the time I get out there, it's, you know, it's, work. it's for something that, yeah, it work, whether it's content work or, you know, because content is work for me also. True. Um, I enjoy it, but either that or for customers. Gotcha. Well, you probably spend your time off with the family. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got a great family. It's, I love watching, you know, uh, dads and moms interact with their children, especially on the, you know, on the videos and stuff like that. Um, I think you had your oldest son out there one time. That was just neat. Cause I, re I heart, it harkened back to, you know, me when I was that age working with mm -hmm. my dad. You no. Know, so it just brings back happy memories. Yeah, he and I made a, a little bow and arrow kind of command station. He's been getting into archery. Last summer, we did that uh, on our back porch. I just had some scrap cedar that was actually left over from a, a neighbor's fence project. So, oh, so you stole your glued. neighbors, huh? Yeah, we just stole it from neighbors like Drew does. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, no, I asked them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we just glued that up and kind of cut one out to custom fit his bow and put a spot for a couple arrows. And it's, it's a nice little spot. He can just go out there and grab it and do a little practice. Well, that's good. Yeah, I tried <laughs> when I was in college, I failed archery. You know, if you don't go to class, they usually don't give you a good grade. <laughs> yep, that's the general rule. <laughs> Uh, I was so young and stupid. But so when I did go to the class, I was like, why can't I hit the stupid target? And then probably three weeks or four weeks into the class, the instructor comes over and is like, why don't you hit the target? I'm like, I don't know. They're, Do you know you're using left-hand bow? <laughs> and you're right-handed. And I'm right-handed. I'm like, no, there was a, that's what you're here for. You're, yeah, exactly. Are me. you not instructing me? Yeah. I was like, and then as soon as, you know, I got a correct bow, I was like, oh, I can hit the target. This hmm. is kind of cool. I still, not, it, it was like one credit. So I was like, eh. but yeah, that's how stupid I was when I was a kid. But we've, we've all done stupid things. I, I would assume you have done a couple. Oh, plenty. Plenty. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I do, yeah. I'm number three of four. Oh, okay. I never that I've I've got an older sister and an older brother and then a younger brother. Okay. I do you meant something for your sister, I think. Cutting board and you put in the video, didn't you? You took yeah, it over. To I um I refurbished it, uh cutting board for her. I also did one of one of my better videos is a like a wood plank wall that I did an accent wall in her foyer mm. long time ago. It was probably three years ago. Uh, so, how are the acoustic pictures doing in your house? They're doing pretty good. For those who might not know, a um, couple projects ago, I made some acoustic panels, and I was just trying to make a, a DIY version of it. I used some uh, mineral wool um, and then kind of encapsulated that with painted canvas fronts 
and plastic on the back. So you don't want that insulation getting all into the air. But um, the idea was we have a real wide open floor plan in our house and we don't have carpet anywhere. So I have concrete floors, hardwood floors um, here it, where I am. It's, it's an echo chamber. Yeah, it's an echo chamber that we have flat ceilings. We don't have textured ceilings. It's just not popular here. Um, no texture on the wall. So everything just bounces around. I think it's helped some because uh, I made a bunch of those and just kind of made functional art to where the art pieces, you know, I wrap them in walnut, of course, of course, but the art pieces can kind of capture some of those, those lost sound waves and, and absorb them. Yeah. It's always, uh, it's, I've, I owned a big house, uh, actually my house in Tennessee, that was a echo chamber. The downstairs was the upstairs was the two bedrooms were carpeted, but the downstairs, mm -hmm. <laughs> I could hear the dog across the, you know, the house it's Just, amazing how much carpet helps yeah uh for that type of thing but uh it tends to bother me in houses that i've lived with it the the fibers of the i'm, I'm allergic to so many things but the the long-term living with carpet fibers tend to kind of irritate me right well, going from a you know a town home to a house with you know wooden floors and tile it was so much easier to keep the house clean especially with a dog that's the other reason we can mop or sweep or swiffer anything right the kids have area rugs in their rooms but those are simple enough to vacuum you know or take them outside hit them with a stick right yeah uh now to me uh carpet should be in the bedrooms that's about it uh yeah because it just makes it easier to clean in the house I will say getting out of bed, you know, when it's 18 outside, like I said, and yeah. we have concrete floors, it's a little chilly. Yeah, I remember that in, in Florida. My house was on a slab, too. But, well, we had car. Not that big a deal. Yeah, no. throw some house shoes on. Yeah, I mean, and you should. Well, especially if you have carpet. Uh, you never, never walk in bare feet on carpet. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Um, yeah, because there's oil on the bottom of your feet because you know our bodies secrete oil mm -hmm. so after you know years and of you know constant walking uh, th that oil is what grabs all the dirt and mm -hmm. holds on to it colors it yeah you know how you have those uh traffic patterns that's mm -hmm. pretty much from barefoot and somebody walking through with you know shoes from the outside mm. so yeah, I learned that. I was like, oh, okay. Need to not do that anymore. So I pretty much wear either socks or flippers or sneakers. Is it customary up there in Pennsylvania to take your shoes off when you come inside? No. No. We never. Neither, it's not here either. We never. I mean, if it was wintertime and you had your boots on, you would take those off just right. because. But uh, no, that, I learned that in Hawaii when I was stationed out there. Do you you have house shoes, right? And you have and outside shoes and outside shoes. So when you come in, you put your slippers on, and they're not really slippers; they're flip flops. But hmm. in Hawaii, they call them slippers, and I hate flip flops. I can't stand them. <laughs> I can't stand the flop flop sound. It just yeah, uh, it's, it's grating on my nerves. I don't know why. You can't sneak up on anybody. That's why you don't like it. No, it, it's. <laughs> 
that that's one. But most people, when I was in Hawaii, they shuffled. They didn't have the flop flop, but they shuffled, and that was almost uh, as yeah. bad. That's even worse. Yeah, it's like you know, when I was a kid, my mom was pick up your feet, don't you know, don't shuffle. Yeah, you know, my for, parents hated that too. That's for old people. You know, hell, my my dad's eighty seven, and he barely shuffles now. He's slowing down. But yeah, things happen. Uh, so my last question for you, Bruce. I'm looking at the hardest one. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. How about this? I'll just make it easy. Um, when you have a problem or you need advice, uh, who's the people that you go to for you know your shop? Uh, let's let's make it more specific. Um, for the entrepreneur selling side of your shop, do you have anybody hmm. that you bounce ideas off or? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, my wife is usually the first one. I usually talk ideas out loud. Um, sometimes things will either make more sense or less sense when you do that. So it's kind of good for me to run ideas past her and just say, what do you think of this? Um, and then I usually try a few other sources to gather information. You know, it's always good to gather plenty of information. Uh, my friend Jeremy Meadows is one that um, he you know, runs a production shop. So he's on that selling side. Uh, so he gives a perspective that's not really from that content creation side. Right. And that's usually why I go to him with that. Um, we, he's, we like chatting ideas. He's great dude too. Great dude. Yeah. Very. So uh, those are, those are probably the first couple stops. Um, I mean, I talked to, to Drew and Mark in conceptual ways about some of that, but neither of them sell very many physical things, at least at this moment. So right. sometimes it's a little, it's a little hypothetical for them to either wrap their, you know, their minds around or they just don't have that specific experience. So I, I, I just, I remember, um, very, one of the very first videos or, um, sorry, we built a thing podcast that i was listening to it was you and drew were down at workbench con and drew his first year and he's sitting next to you at one of the uh you know talks and his phone kept going off you're like <laughs> you're sitting there going, you know what I, you, which remember what i was uh what i'm referring to i don't know he was sitting there and his phone would be beep and think oh, oh i do now yeah and he's like, oh, just made another sale. Made another sale. And you're like, made another sale. <laughs> like, and it was constant. It was just always going off. He, he would get an email every time he'd sell a set of plans. Yeah, and I got some of the plans. I haven't built any of them yet. Uh, I, just, I just like to help out my friends. Yeah, he makes good plans. I, I built that flip-top cart that he has from, from his plans. Yeah, I've never uh, I've seen that. I was going to say, I've never seen that one. Um, no, but I, it, from what I know, he's got really good plans. They're very detailed. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I really want to talk to him about on the show about uh, you know how he goes about drawing them up. But we're not talking about Drew. We're talking about you. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I don't know. It's like three of you guys are connected at the hip for me. Yeah, yeah. It's a symbiotic. Join triplets. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I haven't seen Mark though much on Instagram. 
anymore. He doesn't get on there very much. Yeah. I keep I keep hounding him about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the people want you. The people need to see you. He's like, ah, I'm okay. Yeah, eh, I'll go hunt hunt turkeys or something. Yeah, but I mean, he's out there with the podcast at least. Yeah, he's kind of doing what I'm doing. Uh, having I mean, he's probably in his shop, but not making content. I am my shop and not making content. There's so much possibility. Have you ever been overwhelmed with so much to do that you you just don't do any? Oh yeah, I mean that's that's pretty common. You just get paralyzed. That's kind of how I feel in this house. There's just so much to do, and I came from a. I mean, this is a nice house, but my other house was a lot better. It was a lot newer, mm-hmm. so there wasn't so as few, fewer maintenance items. Correct. I mean, it's just like the I said to you earlier: the basement, not insulated, <laughs> so that whole thing needs to be insulated. Um, and it's actually hard because, you know, trying to get up under the floor joist or rim joist and put styrofoam or the, you know, blue board in there. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, and I thought about getting the uh, spray foam kit yeah, from Home Depot, but everything that I read about it, people don't like it. Do you use that as your shop, the basement? Will be. Okay. Um, but not until you can get it sealed up. Yeah, uh, I mean that to me. That's the big thing, because mm-hmm. winter pro, winter's going to be here soon. You know, you may not think of it, but as you know, when you're looking, oh, I'll oh, get yeah, to that four, next week. Four months. You're like, I'll get it next week. Next week, and then you next week comes. I'll get it. Next thing you know, you get the cold snap and like, ah, crap, I got to work. Yep. You know, that's uh, but yeah, that's a. And I thought about filming, um, what I was gonna do. But I don't know where my, because hmm. a lot of this, a lot of my uh, shop is still in boxes hmm. because there's things that need to be done prior to unpack, mm-hmm. you know, and for some reason I have a stage in my basement. Hmm. Literally, I was like, why is there a stage? Is that just a nice way to say you have a stripper pole? There is no pole. <laughs> <laughs> That would be good. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh-huh. Can you? Uh, I'd be like, oh, what was that? Oh, it was, um, oh, that, it's it's a men's clothing, but it's for burly men, and and he was doing a pole dancing in, in his underwear. It was a cartoon. I have oh, no I clue. can't remember. Crap, I don't even bought stuff. <laughs> what happens when, when I'm not prepared? My brain doesn't work. And I'll probably go, hey, this is... This. But yeah, there was just a big dude. Hole. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, they'd have to have a really strong hole for this guy. And uh, I wouldn't do it. So, Bruce, so got anybody uh, or anything you want to shout out to? No? Hmm. One of your favorite makers or... Something that's somebody is doing something incredible besides yourself, hmm. of course. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, of course. You know, you're already, I mean, that's what the whole show was, was shouting you out. Yeah. A little, a little humbling. Um, 
let me think. I mean, I, I watch a lot. I don't watch a lot of TV. So a lot of what I watch is maker videos and, and, you know, channels that I follow because of that. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. You got to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. That there's just, um, gosh, there's so many channels I follow. I'm trying to think of who's doing something cool recently. Nobody. Um, there's, there's a cool one. That's kind of a little known one. I actually think the guy is from Mississippi. I don't know for sure though, mm -hmm. but, um, it's called craftsman. C R A F S. Oh. No, he's from New Orleans. Yeah. Steady crafting. Yeah. I don't think he's in New Orleans. Is he? I think I thought so. he was in Miss South Mississippi. Uh, he might be. They're they're he, pretty close. Yeah, he's got that uh, Cajun accent though. Yeah, but his channel it's really different. You got to watch a few of them to kind of get into it. But um, they're really highly produced. They're they're fantastic videos. I tell you another one kind of outside of our of our maker realm that I've been watching recently. I don't know how I got into it. Maybe it, YouTube suggested it to me, and I just kind of went down that rabbit hole. It's this, he's an artist out of Michigan now. He used to be from Seattle named 1000. So his channel is 1000. I-N? No, 10, like, like a thousand is 1000. Oh, okay. It's that Southern um, voice. Yeah. So he, <laughs> they're just interesting. They're, they're good videos. Like I would start with his newer ones. But he's a mural artist and just a, an artist in general, but he has a real specific style. His, his style is really cool. I don't, I don't paint. I can't paint, you know, art like that. You could paint I a house, do characters or anything worth a darn. So it's just interesting for me to see. But I watch him from like a, a YouTube video perspective. Like his production value is really high. Right. I like it. And even his ad breaks when it's, I mean, he's sponsored by like Squarespace and some of these big ones like Surfshark, but he even draws handmade characters and then uses Photoshop to uh, animate them for the ads. Seriously. The characters in his ads are one of a kind drawn characters that he made. Holy crap. So it's just a, it's a different level, you know what I mean? Of, of what he puts into a video and it's, he just does crazy stuff. Like I think he used 10,000 little pom-pom balls to make a piece of art one time and just stuff like that. So it's a pretty cool channel. Uh, you can kind of just veg out and, and watch. He's painted murals all over Europe. He did a Europe tour a few years ago and I've just been kind of going back through his catalog. It is kind of, like I said, it, 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 unless it's like, you know, Mark from uh, the Wood Whisperer, mm -hmm. you can go all the way back to the beginning, mm -hmm. but you got to have a lot of time. Oh, yeah. He's got a ton of he's videos. Got a, he's got a stupid videos, but he's been doing it for God knows. And uh, I think he's pretty much figured out. Get it? Yeah. See, he went there, figured out. Yep. Okay. This is the one. Um, so my maker shout out today is I don't even know if they're on Instagram or YouTube or I know they're on YouTube because I'm looking at them right now. The channel is called for the number four, the craft. And um, it is, it is pretty darn cool. Uh, I'll have to check that out. He does uh, he, he, a lot of his stuff is uh, epoxy. 
but he made this basically a storm cloud and epoxy and it flashes. Whoa. He made, um, he has a, a 3d printer. So he made a little cityscape and he has a meteor coming through and blasting through one of the buildings. And it's, that was, and it lights up like it's, it's incredible. I mean, when you were talking about channels that blow up, he just blew up. Who did? The one you're talking about. I just went and looked his channel up, and he has, I mean, he's been doing decent for a while because he has almost 25 million views on his channel. But in the last 30 days, he has 1.6 million of those views. Yep. I mean, he just went like two weeks ago, he was getting like 9,000 a video. One day he got sixty four thousand. One day he got two hundred and ten thousand. Yeah, you views. got your, uh, what, what is it? Yeah, you, yeah, TB. What is it called? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Tube Buddy. Tube Buddy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. See Isn't that it. crazy? I don't see the numbers though. I see that his current channel twenty point four point nine, two thousand subscribers, two thousand and six subscribers, forty six videos. He has total. Is almost. Over. I see what you're saying. This week, you have to hover over the little graph to tell like daily. Okay. Oh, there it is. Oh, look at that. I learned something new. But yeah, his uh, his stuff is kind of really interesting. That's cool. Yeah, uh, it makes. Yeah, the one uh, with the lightning was actually the meteor one was my favorite. I think I saw that in a sidebar one day, and it. it makes sense because it has a million views in a week right but it, i mean that it's one of those things you're like but it looked real when you first saw you know the the thumbnail like did he do that right it's amazing you had, to, you had to click it just to find out yeah i mean that and harkens back to you know the importance of your thumbnail mm -hmm. and you know that was one thing that i remember i learned uh, I was making videos, you know, but don't make clickbait. Clickbait. So yep, yep. Normally at this time, Bruce, we'd uh, ask that question of our guests, but we've already asked that question for you of you. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, well, well, let's do it again. How's that? Sure. Because oh. I don't remember what you don't... question you're talking about. Oh, you you don't remember the question? <laughs> You don't mm. remember how you met your wife? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. It was, uh, <laughs> it was New Year's Eve. And uh, it was back in 2004, I believe. 2000, yeah, 2004. And we actually, it was just a, a party with a few of our friends, we were all just playing some board, board games, hanging out. I didn't know her, and I thought she came with another friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while. And so uh, he got a new car, and I stepped out there to look at his new car, and was like, hey, man, you know, she's cute. What? I didn't... She was wearing a diamond ring on her, on her ring finger on her left hand that night, and I was like, hey, are y'all engaged? What's the deal? Because I hadn't seen this guy in a while. He goes, oh, no, she, uh, she came with the other guy that I'm with. I'm like, okay. Come to find out long after the fact, she knew the other guy from 
Grenada, which is about two hours north of here, they they grew up together, like in the same church together. So oh, I they knew each like, other from way back, and she had just moved here. You said Grenada. I was it. like, the country? No, uh, Grenada, Mississippi. Gotcha. Um, but she moved here to take a teaching job, and he actually lived here and invited her to go. So, But it's just funny because she was like playing board games and stuff and card games with my younger brother all night. And I was like trying to hit on her and she was not having any of it. <laughs> Wasn't having your game, huh? No, but, uh, we ended up kind of hitting it off over the next few weeks. And, uh, I kind of ironically, our first date was on Valentine's day. Oh, how cheesy is that? That's real cheesy. It just happened to work out. I was I was buying her flowers, and she called me before I could call and ask her out. She was like, "Hey, would you want to hang out?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you beat me to it." I was already buying her flowers. Nice. Yep. And the rest is history. We've got uh, two more weeks, and it will be 15 years. I don't think I have 15 years combined with all of mine. Hmm. 15 years is a long time. Yeah. Put it this way. Um, if I would have stayed straight to number one, it would have been, it would have been 28 years, September. Hmm. If I would have stayed with the second one, it would have been 20 years, February. And if I would have stayed with the last one, she'd be dead. Oof. She's evil. Evil. She'd be dead. She's evil. <laughs> I could I'll tell I'll tell you some of the source. <laughs> that's not that's for a different show. And I can't really do that because she could sue me. Yeah, exactly. So we could tell all <laughs> I could tell I could tell you all the I could tell you all the cool stuff off off top, you know, off record. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh Bruce, where can we find you? Well, uh go check out my videos. It's uh, youtube.com slash Bruce A. Ulrich. Or if you just search my name, you can find me. Um, my website's where you can find most of my stuff. I do written written articles there, including the the links to the videos and all the stuff I sell. It's bruceaulrich.com. And as you mentioned, I've got that funny nickname on Instagram. So it's Daddy, as in Bruce, B-R-U-D-A-D-D-Y. It's just a nickname I had from years ago, and I just kept it. So I rolled with it. That's my that's my Instagram. Come Come follow me, hang out, say hey. Just come say hey. Yeah, just come say hey. No, and don't forget to visit his bar when you're in the Allentown area of Pennsylvania. Yeah, and if you if you mention that I sent you there, I get a little kickback. I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> mention mention you heard them on this podcast, and they'll give you ten percent right. off. Yeah, then you get, then Stephen gets a kickback, <laughs> <laughs> and then I get a call like, "Who the hell do you think are?" Then somehow AC gets a kickback. Yeah, how does that happen? And and then he's like, "Don't call me AC." <laughs> and man, if I'm giving you kickback, they call you AC. I can call you whatever. I will call you whatever. Uh, what was gonna? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's been. Sorry, I'll edit this part out. I have to go. That's fine. Look at. See, we have an outro, and uh, Jacob usually does it, and I should really learn things. Uh, it's time for you to step it up. Yeah.
Well, he did the same thing to me when I make it. He's like, hey, what's the intro? Like on the hard drive. Oh, I could search. Yeah, a lot of uh, I've spent more time on uh, editing lately. Uh, editing lately, and uh, it's, it's it's starting to be taxing. Uh, yeah, editing can take a long time. Who does it for your podcast? Uh, uh, Drew does Drew. it now. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> okay, we're back. So, thanks for coming out, Bruce. Really appreciate it. It was a yeah. uh, Great coming, uh, yeah, coming back around, and it was almost a year since you were on last time. So, that's uh, crazy. In another year, we're gonna have you back. Yeah, yeah. I think. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna try and make you the first episode after a year, after the full year season is up. You're the first episode. Nice, because you know, up until Steve Ramsey. You were number one. Oh wow, yeah. Steve! Steve displaced me rather quickly, huh? Pretty much. Actually, I yeah. think uh, there Steve's were... one of the first ones I found. Yeah, <laughs> he's. A... I I couldn't believe we had him on here. It was. Uh... He was like, "Yep," yeah. he said. I don't care how big, how small. I'm just gonna say yes. You know, it doesn't hurt. It's two hours out of my day or an hour out of my day, and you know, it helps somebody out. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Speaking of here, well, here at Makers Figuring Out, our mission is to educate, motivate, and inspire. And we hope we've done that for you today. So this is Steve and the absent Jacob reminding you to keep learning, keep being motivated, and keep getting inspired, and always keep figuring it out. We'll catch you next time, folks. All right.